Hello, hello. This is Doug. This is The Doug Show. And this is a bonus episode. I'm going to call it episode 139.5. It is a success story interview. It's an update from my friend Justin, who is on the show just a few episodes ago. The cool thing is when I had him on before, we were talking about making like $350 per month, but he has skyrocketed up to $1,280 per month. And that is through like 28 days of April. Yes, the Amazon commission rate structure will be impacting his earnings, but his traffic is growing a lot. He's still on target to make a lot more than he was before. And the cool thing is he is he's pumped. He is excited because traffic is at record levels. So I wanted to publish this right away. This was a live stream that Justin and I recorded just yesterday. So I'm recording this on Tuesday and I'm publishing it on Wednesday. One interesting thing with the COVID-19 situation and all these sort of changes that are happening all over the place is it's kind of more important for me to publish things in a more timely fashion versus publishing something that I recorded six weeks in the past. I really like working ahead, but it seems weird if I'm publishing things so far in the past that the world's a whole different place now. So I wanted to bring Justin on because number one, I'm promoting the course this week, Five Figure Niche Site, and Justin is a student in the course. Now, we talk about the course. I promote it a little bit. I mean, I'm talking about it right now, of course, but the very cool thing is that Justin made this work. He's going to be able to pivot. He has traffic on the site. He understands how to get traffic to websites now, so he'll be able to figure it out. It's not the ideal situation when the commission rate structure is changed, the game is changed, and the rules are changed right in the middle of your progress, but Justin is excited, he's enthusiastic, and let me know if you like these episodes, because I have been doing more live streams, and I will be publishing a few more like this. One thing that I'm experimenting with is making this manageable for me. So to turn it around quickly, I am not going to edit the episode. So I, you know, Justin and I had some content that we went through and then we answered some Q&A at the end. So please let me know if you do like these sort of episodes. I have a couple queued up where I will be able to get it to my editor. So she'll be able to take out some of the stuff that doesn't make sense. Largely, you'll be able to follow along without any video aid. It was really just Justin and I like talking heads, chatting about his progress, his site, and all those details. So I'm just going to leave it at that. If you are interested in Five Figure Niche Site, enrollment is open until May 1st, this Friday, at the end of the day, 11.59 p.m. Mountain Time. So that is GMT minus seven. So you can check it out if you're interested. I'll be adding content to address the commission rate structure change and just lower commissions in general. So do check it out. And if you have any questions, you can shoot me an email, feedback at doug.show. And we'll see you on the other side. Hey, what's going on? It's Doug Cunnington here. And this is a live stream. This is a success story update. I'm here with my friend Justin, which I'll bring him on in just a moment. We want to make sure the sound's working and all that stuff. So let us know in the chat if you can hear. I see we have some questions over there. We'll definitely get to the questions towards the end of the session here overall. And fingers crossed, uh, Justin and I were just chatting about hopefully having the technology work for us. So Justin is a student of Five Figure Niche Site. I had him on the show just a couple weeks ago. In February of 2020, he hit $350 a month. March, he hit $560. And through September, he's at about $1,280. And he also has some international revenue coming in as well. So I'm going to bring him on in just a second. And like I said, fingers crossed, this stuff is going to work. I'm still getting used to uh, doing the whole thing. And there we have Justin. And I think I can actually add myself here as well. 
And I'm going to switch sides with you, Justin. Okay. All right, Justin, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Doing excellent. And the last time we talked, you just had a new addition to the family. So congratulations again. How's the family doing? They're doing good. Sleeping through the night. I'm getting full eight hours, so I can't complain. Very cool. And you recently moved. So how's yep. how's the new town? Where, where are you located if you want to share? So I'm in Jacksonville, Florida, sunny, sunny Florida. And I'm loving it. Can't go nowhere. Can't go to the beach or nothing like that because of Corona. But, you know, I enjoy the sun. So it's nice. Yeah. How is the city dealing with it? I know just different states and different cities are in a completely different shape. But yeah, what's it like in Jacksonville these days? Well, being in the military, we're way more restricted than everybody else. So it's pretty much to the grocery store or the drive through or work and then back home for the moment. So right on. Well, we want to get into some of the details about the site. And then we're going to obviously talk about the Amazon commission rate change that rolled out about a week ago, which hit a lot of us by surprise. So yeah, yeah, just how much content's on the site? How long is the content? And then I have a couple other like quick hit questions as well. Okay. So since we talked, I've only added five pieces to the site. So I'm sitting at 33 posts total. Uh, They're anywhere between um, like 1500 to 2,500. Although I do have one post that's like a giant 4,000 word post. Um, but yeah, pretty, pretty doable ranges. Okay. And I think the amazing thing is it's only like, did you say 35 pieces of content roughly? Uh, 33. 33. 33, yet you're pulling in, you know, pretty significant amount. And I'm just curious, like, did you think you'd be able to hit that revenue level with the amount of content that you have? No, and not the the big jump, like from 500 to almost 1500. No way. Didn't think it was possible, but yeah. Very cool. Very cool. And I'm going to try to show a few of the the screenshots that you sent before, because we have uh, like some pretty interesting details overall as as far as like the growth of the site. So I'm going to show the earnings. I'm going to show it over my face here. So this is the earnings for April where you've hit 1280. So very cool. And then the year to date, we can see the trajectory here where basically you were in the, you know, sub 500 for a little while, and then it just kind of took off. So what's the reason for that as I'm, I'm pulling up some of these other uh, stats here. So funny story. I was uh, on the Facebook group. And one of the guys in the Facebook group was having trouble with uh, YouTube videos and optimizing them for a site uh, for mobile because, you know, when, you, uh, when you're when you on your website and you're on the computer, it's a different screen width than if you're on a cell phone. And I remembered a couple months back, I was trying to fix that same exact issue and I didn't have any luck. And I was like, oh, maybe I should, you know, try this again, did some research online, found some custom CSS that I could use on my site to... Uh, to get the YouTube videos to get smaller when it went to mobile. And so when I figured that out, I changed like maybe, I think it was like nine pages on my site that had the issue, re-indexed all of them, took a couple days, came back. And then like, as you can see the traffic numbers, I think it was like within a week, it just started to take off slowly. And then now I'm, you know, I'm hitting like 700 to like, well, five to 700 visitors a day. So it's pretty nice. Okay. And I just want to like underscore this. So, and I'm going to pardon the the clunkiness of my graphics here, but you fixed the usability issues and you were doing pretty good. You were happy with where you were at. Mm -hmm. And can you go into some of the details? So you mentioned like YouTube videos and mobile, like what does all this mean? Like, how did you fix this stuff? So, uh, I have a plugin that does a custom CSS, which is just code on your website uh on the back end and so for everybody mobile you know your cell phone if you ever go on your cell phone to look up you know whatever uh the dimensions are different so that code helps to change the the youtube videos actually fit in the dimensions of whatever phone you're using so that's like the basic rundown of how that works okay so you just had to add this plugin that would like fix it uh, so the the plugin didn't fix it. It was the actual code that I got from uh, it was a YouTuber actually. Okay. So once I plugged in the code, I was able to plug that into my website. It's a little technical, 
but uh, anybody can do it. It's, it's not hard. Okay, very cool. And basically, like overnight, you were able to see like the validated the validated changes, and Google checked the errors, and everything was good to go, right? Yep. yep okay. Much. Very interesting. And then we'll look at the monthly traffic here in April. Again, just displaying it right on top of Justin's face here. So you mentioned you're getting, you know, 700 plus visitors per day, sometimes a little bit more. Yep. Awesome. And it's so crazy the difference like it'll make by, you know, fixing those little errors. It doesn't seem like it would be that big of a deal, you know, most of the time, but holy cow, it is. And I am, I am indeed struggling with the technology. There's like all these different views. I can't quite get the one I'm looking for here. (laughs) So it's all good though. And we're going to start getting into a few of the other details as well. Of course, we have this Amazon affiliate commission rate change, which is hitting a lot of us pretty hard. Um, But before we get to it, I do want to point out that Five Figure Niche Site, my premium course, the one that Justin took, is open for enrollment and things have changed. And I'm currently adding, you know, a few more units to the content of the course to give people options for more like revenue streams. So I'm not sure how it's going to play out in six months, but at this point in time, people are still enrolling for most folks that are just getting started. I think Amazon is still the easiest way to get your site started, to get easy conversions because people are buying on Amazon. So the fact is they have so much of the market share, it's hard to argue with that. So anyway, I hope the course was valuable for you, Justin. I can't take all all the credit, but you obviously did a ton of work and you've had um, some experience building some sites in the past. I mean, this is not the first time you've tried to build sites, right? Yeah, no, not at all. It's like the tenth time. Okay. And when when did you get started? Just curious. Recap. Uh, I think uh, it was like two thousand and like sixteen. Okay. Yeah. And then when when did it start clicking for you? Like, how many sort of false starts did you go through? Well, I went through a lot. Um, it didn't start clicking until probably my site before the site that I'm working on now. But I did stop on that site. So, but. Looking back on it, when I saw the numbers, I was like, damn, I should have kept going. But, you know, live and learn. Yeah, and it's like, it's one of those things where it goes slow and then all of a sudden you hit some inflection point and you don't know when what it is or when it's going to be. Or sometimes, you you know, if you keep going, like nothing quite works out. So, yeah. Um, quick note, a couple folks asked a question on... Five figure niche site. So this is Mark asking about which course you chose. And I think you you went for the full deal, right? You you got one on one coaching and everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Full deal. Yeah. Um I I went that route because for commitment, for the commitment. Like I knew, like, okay, I've got a valuable resource in Doug to talk to when I'm, you know, when I need help, you know, when I need that one on one type of valuable information where I can sit down and actually ask you a question that I'm struggling with. And so to me, it was really worth it to have that extra help and that motivation and also accountability too, because, you know, I think you get three, right? It's three, four, four sessions. Oh, it's four. Okay. So yeah, so you get four sessions. And so you talk to Doug once and then, you know, you say, okay, I got this plan. This is what I'm going to do. If you don't do it and you go back to Doug and you haven't done it, you're going to feel a certain type of way. So that just that accountability piece makes it a lot, a lot easier. Yeah. And I'm no cheerleader, you know, so if you come in, you paid me to be honest. <laughs> so if you don't do what you say you're going to do, I, I remind you. So cool. And I think, um, you know, you just realized you get one more session or something like that. You were like, oh, I get, I get four sessions, not three. But uh, yeah, I guess, I guess so. <laughs> I'll have to hit you up on that. <laughs> and uh, I see Alex from WP Eagle, our good buddy over there, um, was asking about the usability issue. So it was just basically the YouTube videos not being mobile friendly, right? Yep. All right, cool. And I guess if, if people have questions about the specifics of the CSS, I'm sure you could Google it or you know shoot me an email and I can get it from Justin here. So, all right. So you and I were chatting a couple of weeks ago and th- you had this great idea where you thought, hey, why don't I come on live to answer questions when you know people are watching me talk about yeah. the site? So 
very good idea. And I was like, great, let's do it. I'm slowly working out the kinks with having like folks live and all that stuff. So I think it's cool. I think it's cool. And I'm glad you mentioned it. And around that time, it was when these commission rate changes came through. You were Mm -hmm. aiming for like all time highs in traffic and earnings. And then, you know, here we sit and commission rates are cut. So how did you feel about it? Uh, I think it went through the nine stages, the nine stages of grief. Yeah. I went through like all nine. I was talking to Marty at the time when I found out and I was like, no, this can't be real. And he was like, no, it's real. And I was like, no, no, it's not. And so, yeah, there was denial there for a bit. Uh, but as time went on and I uh, heard from the the voices of more experienced affiliate marketers like you and the guys over at Authority Hacker and, you know, I heard the crazy, the crazy guys like Jim and Ricky, not that they're crazy for real or anything, but, you know, they were just really mad at Amazon, which is understandable. Uh, but I, you know, looked at all sides from people who are really knowledgeable. And I just realized that, I mean, it is what it is. We can't do anything about it. Um, and uh, I just don't see a reason to leave Amazon. I don't, I, I mean, I'm still converting well. I mean, yesterday I had like an $87 day. So, I mean, it's still good. I'm not taking that big of a hit. So I think it's the perfect time to continue making uh, Amazon affiliate content, but also a good time to diversify too. So I think uh, both ways work. I think uh, on my site, personally, I'm going to be doing more. So yeah, it hurt, but uh, we're going to get on the other side and be okay. Yeah. And I think, you know, we were chatting about this before and I, you were like, oh, did you watch the reaction from some other people? And mm-hmm. I didn't. You know, one one reason is I think it's important if I want to have original content, not to consume too much of my peers' content. Otherwise, we're just saying all the same kind of stuff, which may, you know, kind of happen anyway if we're coming at it from the same angle. So I watched, or I heard of a few reactions, but I didn't, you know, watch too much. So I I assume you summarized it pretty well, but I mean, it's just, it's part of the game that we're, that we're in. We don't control the Google traffic. If you're getting traffic from Google or if you're getting traffic from Pinterest, you don't control that either. Um, and if you go into a marketplace like Amazon, where it converts like crazy, there's already customers there we're just lucky enough to work on the platform. Like we have no leverage. So exactly. And I I think we, I think everybody has to remember that um, COVID-19 is going on and uh, you know, I'm in a lot of other Facebook groups, a lot of other affiliate marketers, and I've seen uh, you know, emails from other affiliate networks that have completely suspended their affiliate program because of COVID-19. So the way I'm looking at it is, you know, there's a good possibility that, you know, Amazon might raise their prices up once this is all said and done. You know, the the commissions could always go up. I mean, they could always go down too. But you know, I'm I'm still looking at the bright side that you know they could go back up. So anything is possible. And yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> I have no clue. So it, it is pretty crazy. I didn't know that some of the other you know affiliate programs were sending out basically. You know, we're ceasing this for the time being, but I mean, everyone's hit hard in different ways. So um, we're seeing traffic up on our, a lot of websites. I mean, even even without the change, I suspect your traffic would have been going up. I'm seeing, mm-hmm. you know, traffic highs almost every day right now because everyone's at home. People are realizing yep. this is just, you know, stable. We're at home and they're, they're shopping around and stuff. So, yeah. Um, as far as plans for like more monetization, we're just going to have a little back and forth. And I mean, what, what have you thought about so far? What are your, um, just, you know, preliminary plans? I know it'll change as you move forward. So, uh, definitely going to get ads on my website, uh, in the process of signing up with the Zoic, I've hit the, the traffic mark. So I think I can earn some or make up some of the earnings that I will be losing on Ezoic. Uh, and then also I've found a couple other affiliate programs that are in my niche that work, should work pretty well. And they're, they're high retailers. So, you know, they're, uh, they're trusted, they're valuable retailers out there. So I'm going to sign up for their affiliate program and then try to use lasso, uh, product boxes, um, 
and then I really need to look into a table. I really want a, a, a table that's going to use Amazon and then whatever other custom affiliate links I want to, to compare them. So, okay, cool. So add other affiliate programs. And I was looking at actually the lasso page has a really good directory and lasso is a sort of an all in one affiliate pro or not program affiliate plugin that allows you to work with any affiliate programs out there. So you could put in, you know, the affiliate link, I believe it has a tie to the Amazon API. So that's convenient for exactly what you're talking about. And I, I mean, I knew there were a lot of affiliate programs out there, but unless you're looking, unless you have a need to go check out all of the affiliate programs out there, you really don't have an idea of the scope or the number of them. So you, you found some good ones. What kind of commission rates were they offering? So it was a uh, 5%. So just, just a little bit up from what uh, Amazon's offering. And I mean, the, the thing is Amazon's so great at conversions and you know one of the reasons why i'm not going to leave amazon is because even if i don't make a sale on the item that i'm pushing doesn't necessarily mean that i won't make a sale on something else and that's so valuable that it's so hard for me to just want to give up on amazon completely because you know i'm you can see i'm sitting at a 12 percent conversion but if i go to another affiliate program i'll probably be getting you know maybe two five percent you know at most so that hurts when you when you think about it in the long run, even if the uh, even if the commission rate is up, you know it, that's where Amazon makes up for the loss. So, yeah, and I think I mean anything's possible, right? They could Amazon could change that and make it only qualifying purchases in which you yeah. get credit only for the link to the product that you're promoting. So that would change everything. And it's yeah, really we, hard to figure out the math on this because all you could do is make some assumptions and test and you never really know. And you're hundred percent right. I mean, unless it's an info product, which would be, you know, usually a higher commission rate and more expensive in a lot of ways, it depends on the product, but info products have, you know, such huge margins that they have the ability to pay out quite a bit. So anyway, the point is it's really hard to tell and you don't know what's going to happen until you test it out. So, and you mentioned, um, you know, lasso, have you checked it out, um, very closely or have you played with it yet? Uh, I haven't played with it yet. I just saw your, your live stream on it. And, uh, I mean, it, it was, it's interesting. It's an, it, I mean, it, it looks like it would work. I'm afraid about giving, you know, readers too many options. That's, uh, a little scary, but, um, you know, if it's a kind of best price thing and they click on both, then, you know, hopefully the reader will be able to, to decide for themselves, I guess. Yeah. I, I have trust in them. So, yeah, there, there is that issue with the, you know, just too many choices. So I, I don't know the right answer and it probably depends on the industry and the niche and the number of products and the user and all that. So all you could do is like test and see what happens. But I imagine if, if you look at say the wire cutter, a lot of times they'll have like two, two options for a product. Yeah. Is that how many they have typically? Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. And I think that's perfect where you're like, Oh, if I'm buying like a new camera or something like I'll check Amazon and B and H like that totally makes sense to check those two places. So yeah. awesome. So you mentioned uh, display ads, you're checking out Ezoic, which, you know, they're a friend of the show. So that's cool. And have you used display ads before? I have not, which is another reason why I'm kind of dragging my tail only because I know that they can affect site speed. So, you know, I want to do it uh, in a very, I guess, not upfront way, you know, like I don't want ads just all over the place. I want them to be very minimalistic, I guess would be the best term to describe it. Cool. Yeah. And I, I had the same, the same reservations cause I, you know, got my site loading really fast threw some ads on there and then it killed the load time. I mean, I think I had something like, uh, say 40 calls, um, back and forth to the server or whatever. And then when I put some ads on, it was like 140 and I'm like, what, what is happening here? This is too much. And Ezoic is good to check out cause they have the site speed accelerator and it all works yeah. together so that, you know, hopefully you have a good user experience and you can pull in some more revenue. So, yeah. And that, that's my plan. 
is to use the site speed accelerator with it. Just, just for peace in the back of my mind that my site's still going to be loading fast. Yep. And, and I think the cool thing, which, you know, the page speed insight score is sort of like the key metric that Google's looking at. And obviously you want to have a good user experience, but since Ezoic is working with Google on, you know, ensuring things are loading properly, the scores are very high, very high. Yeah. So definitely keep me posted how it, how it shapes up for your site. So, yeah, well, all right. And we have a pretty good number of people. We got 64 on, so we're going to start hitting some of the questions. I'm going to ask people to give a thumbs up. So if you are enjoying this, give a thumbs up. And uh, Justin, did you already like it over there? And you're watching, so just make sure, you know, if I can't oh, get you yeah, to like it. Then. Oh, no, it's already been liked. <laughs> if right. I could like it twice, I would. <laughs> so we got a lot of questions we're coming through. I'm going to try and blast through. And um, number one, hope this works as you love this shirt. And this is, uh, have you seen this? Do you watch, um, do you watch Better Call Saul, Justin? No, I don't. I've never seen it. Oh, man. <laughs> do you watch Breaking Bad? I've seen a few episodes. I do know who Saul is, but yeah, no, okay. I, I never watched a spinoff. Well, he went, this is the, uh, it's like a correspondence school. The It's a law school, America Samoa. So barely a real lawyer. So anyway, somebody gave me a shout out and I was just had to mention that. <laughs> okay. Couple questions. So Mary asked this early on and she said, your conversion rate is amazing. And mm -hmm. why is it so high? So what do you think, Justin? Um, well, first I'm in season. So I think that, plays a, a role in it. Uh, I think that coronavirus plays a role because everybody has been at home and mainly people are doing more online shopping than any other time. So I think that's helped. Uh, and then I think just the tables. I mean, my, my tables convert. I've, I've checked it over and over and over again. And tables. Have a great table. Um, tell tell the, uh, the reader the the features uh, that's going to help them you know turn a turn a feature into a benefit and they will click on your table and they'll they'll buy so cool and can you is there anything aside from the content of the table is there some kind of design or anything special or it's just like a simple table that provides information uh it's a it's a table that's kind of like the one that's on um uh, authority hackers health website okay um I can't think of the name of the website right now, but if you if you type in Authority Hacker, I'm sure they they talk about it. So it's it's like one of their tables. What cool. it looks like it's health ambition. A health ambition. There you go. Yeah, that's it. Very good. And then some people are asking about um, keyword volumes. Um, so I'll just answer that really quick. If something has a zero keyword volume, can I work on that keyword? Sure, you can. Do go it. to nichesiteproject.com. And look at the FAQ page, the nichesiteproject.com slash FAQ. I answer questions like that. Justin, what's your experience with zero search volume keywords? My top post right now is a zero keyword search. So I say go for it because it it's performing like crazy. Cool. And you never know which one. It doesn't mean go for all zero search volume keywords. But if you see one and you just have a hunch and you're like, this seems like a good one, go for it. Some of them are going to surprise you. So, And it's your top trafficked page huh yep and how many how many visitors per day is that get if you remember oh anywhere between like 60 to like 80 a day awesome Amazing. sometimes even up sometimes even up to 100 visitors a day so all yeah, right it's pretty crazy cool and i'm going to give a shout out to we got mike michelle mark awesome bradbury and Brad Bradbury is asking, is it a niche that would be affected either way by the lockdown? Um, uh, it's kind of agnostic, I, I would say. I don't think so. I mean, I mean, no, no, not at all. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think so either. Um, and do, do you have any interest in the topic, by the way? Mm -mm, not at all. Outsource. I'm outsourcing everything right now. Oh, except for link building. I actually started doing link building myself. Oh, let's hear, let's hear about your link building. So um, I'm using the authority hacker model of a uh, shotgun skyscraper, which henceforth why I have that 4,000 word post on uh, my website. Uh, really scared to do it at first. I'm not going to lie. It was, uh, I don't know. I, I just think not fear of rejection, but maybe more of like, fear of annoyance 
I guess would be the best way to put it. But uh, I just got over it, and it worked out pretty nicely. I made my own infographic for it, which I was pretty happy about. That secured me two links. Um, and total, I've gotten five backlinks on that from that one article. So, I mean, it worked, and it was pretty much, you know, set it and forget it, except for answering emails. So it made it a lot easier, and I'm also trying to secure a couple of guest posts too. So Okay. And do you, are you using like an automated emailing piece of software? Uh, yeah. So I'm using GMAS. Okay. So I'll comment on that because I hate those fucking emails, man. I get oh, I so many emails. <laughs> I mark a hundred percent of them as spam because I get so many, but I know it works, but just from a making the world a better place, like I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do it. I'm getting by just fine, but I know it works, but Good Lord. So have, have, uh, people asked you to pay them or generally they're like, Hey, that's oh, a great yeah. resource. Oh, it's like 90% of the people are asking for, for paid links. And it's, it's a little ridiculous. Like I had a site ask me for $200 and they were like a DR five site. And I'm just like, you're kidding me. My DR is higher than yours. Like I'm not paying $200 for a link, but you know, you ask for money. I just say, no, thank you, but thanks for replying. And I just move on. Yeah. Or I might ask them for a guest post. If they're like a high DR site, then I'll be like, hey, well, I can write a guest post for you instead of the money and, you know, be a more fair exchange. But yeah. How, how many people do you think would have linked to it if you had an unlimited budget? How many people are open to it? A lot. Like if you if, if you want to pay for links, I probably could have got like 40 links to it, honestly. And they they range anywhere between, I think the lowest is about 20 and the highest was about 200. Some people just ask what kind of budget I have. But yeah, if the majority of people ask for money. So if you have an unlimited budget and you want to go that route, then it's definitely very easy. I've done some tests and um, invested maybe like three to 4,000. And when I say it out loud, it sounds like a lot of money. Which it is. That is a lot of money. You can buy like a couple computers <laughs> for that. But yeah, people, like if you send out the emails and you just treat it transactionally, like people are up for, you know, they want to make money from their blog. So if yeah. if they can just throw a link in for 50 bucks, like it takes them five minutes. It's actually easier to do that than if you if you send me a guest post. I got to format it, proofread it, make sure there's no nonsense in there. So um, yeah, it's it's uh, pretty cool. I'm glad I'm glad it's yeah. working out. I hope you don't send me any of those emails by accident. <laughs> I might send you one or two just now, <laughs> just to do it. All right, we got Chunky Moose on. Oh, Tiff is at 600 this month already with 28 posts. So also, you know, right in the same neighborhood. All right, nice. we got uh, Mark is asking if you want to outsource content from the get go. What initial investment should you be looking for? So, what do you think, Justin? Uh, so I pay my writers anywhere between 15 to, uh, like 25 bucks, depending on, you know, how, how long it's going to be. But I will say that the more you pay, the better it's going to be. Like I, I paid, uh, 50 bucks for 4,000 words and it was by far like the best post I've ever gotten. I didn't have to go back and format it. Uh, like everything was perfect. It was, it was ready to go. So, I mean, if you want to do more work, then you pay less. But if you want to do less work, pay more. That's kind of the way I, I look at it. Sure. And Mark, I would say the, the budget is as high as you can let it go. But if you're just thinking, what should my initial investment be? I would say if you could pull together 200 bucks, that'll get you going for a month or so, you know, give or take yeah. all, you know, just on average. All Wayne asks, how old is the site? Uh, so the site is a year and five months or what, what month is this? April. It's, it's almost uh, May. April. Yeah. So it'll be five months in May, year and five months. Cool. All right. Atif asked a question, which I'll take this one so we can move a little quicker. Uh, what's my advice for newcomers, online earning industry, continuing, it, it, sorry, considering the current situation. I want to be a blogger, but at the same time, I want to learn website development. So my advice is pick one, do that for like two to three years, then do the other. You cannot do both of them at the same time. I don't care if you're really smart. I don't care, whatever, like just focus on one. It'll be 
way easier to do it. And oh, Tiff is asking are, if you, Justin, are wearing a military t-shirt. Yep, I am. And I can see it. And yeah, they're comfy. And I wear them every day after I get off work because I don't feel like changing. So yeah. That's, what, what kind of hours you work uh, there? Uh, right now, I got the best schedule ever, seven to two. So not complaining. Awesome. I take it you're probably an early riser. You get up and work out beforehand or? No, no I'm just, I struggle to wake up. I'm, I'm up at like 6.30 in the morning. Or not 6.30. I'm up at 6. At 6. Just barely enough time yeah. to get out the door, right? Yep. 30 minutes to get ready. 30 <laughs> minutes to get to work. Good to go. Man. And here, I, I'm like struggling to fall asleep in the last couple of days. And uh, I'm waking up at like 5.30. Like I just wake up. I'm like, come on, man. I, I just want to sleep in. I don't have to wake up. You know, there's no reason <laughs> for it. All right, we got uh, Adrian from Hasta La Vista Boss, another alum of Five Figure Niche Site. And still trying to catch up with the chat here. Thanks for asking questions, everyone. And don't forget to hit the thumbs up if you dig the video. All right, and Jaren is asking if you have talked about the specifics of the commission rate change. So, can you tell us like the percentage that it has dropped or can you tell with the amount of data you have? As far as like the money goes. Um, I mean, yeah, I've seen a, I've seen a drop. I mean, on it's, it's, a, I mean, it's like 50%. Uh, it's, it's right at 50. It's a 50% is what I'm taking as a hit. For okay. sure. Gotcha. And Jaren, good question, because I, I did some rough calculations, just, I think it was a couple days ago, so not a ton of data, but roughly it looks like about 35 to 40% for me. And, you know, there's some uh, categories that didn't take as big of a hit, so either they were already kind of low or they didn't get lowered as much. Like if you're in groceries, that dropped from like 5% to 1%, so that's a major issue. If, if you happen to be in the grocery area, which I don't, I mean, I don't think a lot of people probably were, but that would be one if you happen to make a lot of sales in that area. Chunky Moose, another student at Five Figure Niche Site says, what is the number one thing that helped you get traffic in the early days? Uh, posting content, I think was the biggest thing. <laughs> content that was uh, KGR for sure. All right. Cause I saw that rank first. Um, yeah, actually during the early days, I didn't post anything but KGR articles. Okay. Um, and, uh, yeah, I didn't do much link building early on. I think I, I focused more on, on just the content. Uh, very good. Yeah, I and I think that's a great, I mean, a great approach. I think, you know, in the course, I try and get you to do the link building a little sooner. If you're doing, you know, a shotgun approach, that's better than nothing. I'll accept that. But, you know, <laughs> we try to, we try to um, have, you know, some content and then some link building and some content and link building or promotion. If it's not link building specifically, you should be networking and doing stuff so that you're making friends with people in the industry. So next, Dami says, how do you know the tables convert? Do you have a separate ID for tables, tracking ID for tables? So I don't have a, a separate ID for the tables, but how I know that they convert is um, on my site, I have the, um, uh, what is it called? Uh, it's like the analytics tracking. Click. No, no, not the, no, it's the, the way you link your site to Amazon um, with the, I can't think of the name the, right now. Not the tracking ID or not, not the tracking ID, but the way you, when, when you link, when you, uh, once you, once you make your three sales, it opens up to where you can, uh, use plugins to pull in data from sure. the API. That's what I'm about the API. So when on Amazon, it tracks your clicks from the API separately from your text links. So my table works through the API so I can see at the end of the day, how many clicks I got through the API and how many clicks I got through uh, the text links, and then I can see um, how many how many were ordered through that, and then the percentage. So I can see that more clicks are coming from the tables than they are from the text links. So that's how I know uh, what's how why they're converting and how. Right on. Okay, perfect. And shout out to Alex for the thumbs up. And 
Adrian is asking, where do you send the backlinks to the homepage or internal pages? So the majority are homepage links. Um, and then interesting thing about the homepage is that because my homepage has the majority of the links, I've actually just had static pages uh, show up on my homepage so they can get some link juice from that. And I've seen that work to where those pages have risen up to the top of Google. Um, but uh, right now I'm just trying to build out uh, internal pages, linking to internal pages, uh, mainly the um, mainly the info pages because those are the ones that people actually link to. People don't really like to link to your your Amazon affiliate pages, so... Yep. Unless you pay them and then they don't care. They'll link yep. wherever you want. <laughs> yep. That's true. All right. Uh, or a guest post. You might be able to sync a guest post in there yep. with a, with the Amazon affiliate link. Yep. True. True. Next we have uh, Mary is asking if she could see the site and the answer is no. So we try and keep those under, under wraps and you know, a couple things I, I was on a podcast earlier today. Someone was interviewing me and I was like, Hey, you know, you can ask the questions and I'll explain why I don't share the sites. But basically, there's there's two main reasons. One, copycat. So this business model is straightforward enough where people can basically just copy you. And yeah, even if you have a you know a few year head start, it's not going to kill you. But it's not great to lose you know traffic from people that are simply just copying what you're doing, hiring a writer to go rewrite the content, which is kind of lame just in general. And then the second is like negative SEO. So people can perform negative SEO. It's impacted me directly. I know other people as well. And it's not super easy to do. You have to be persistent. And if you stay on top of it, it's hard for it to connect. But if it does, it does take time and resources to fix all that stuff, which is not a headache that I want to deal with. So Alex uh, says, where did you find your writers? Uh, so I mostly use Upwork, but I've used Hire Writers. I've used um, a couple other writing services. But uh, yeah, Upwork is probably the easiest way to go. Yep. And Alex, you're in the course. So I share all the templates. There's like a couple over-the-shoulder videos where I show you how to post a job listing and then sorting through all the proposals and all that stuff. And if you have the templates, it's, it's fairly straightforward. You still have to kind of go through the motions and figure it out, figure out how to make it, you know, work for you, but it's fairly straightforward. So next dental says, is it advisable to start a brand new affiliate site, Amazon affiliate site at this point? What do you think, Justin? I would. I mean, if you don't start one, you're not going to make any money, so you might as well do it. And on top of that too, you can start with Amazon and then you can always branch out to other affiliate networks that work, or you can always add info products that work for you and AdSense. So, I mean, you can monetize more than just through Amazon, which I highly advise. Yep. And, and I would say start something, you know, I talk about Amazon and someone was, you know, putting a couple of comments, which I'll come back to in a second, but start with something. It, it doesn't really matter. Start a podcast, start a YouTube channel, do something. There's always going to be some kind of, you know, deterrent. And I think honestly, people that were that are already doing stuff, people that are making some money, you're like, oh, we have traffic, we'll adjust, we'll figure it out. Some people that I think the people who are the most upset, not not none of the YouTubers you mentioned, by the way, but like some of the comments that I see in the chat, a lot of the people that are the most upset are not making any money. They they literally have never taken action. They're like, oh, you know what? That's why I didn't start it. I'm glad I'm not making any money, but you know, there's no, there's no like logic behind, behind that. And I think people just want to complain. Yeah. Shit's hard. You know, you, I mean like you gotta, if you want to go somewhere where there's a bunch of customers, like you don't have the leverage. You have to be grateful that you can go and operate a business through another business or you can start your own and it'll take you a lot longer. So yeah. I mean, Amazon cut the commission rates, but that didn't stop sales from coming in. I mean, I'm still making sales every day. I mean, either, well, even if they cut it to 1%, I'm still gonna be making money regardless. I mean, 1% is a stretch, but just saying like, you know, just do it. Why not? I mean, at the end of the day, you can pretty much make an Amazon affiliate site for free if you're willing to do all the content yourself, if you're willing to link build yourself. I mean, the overhead cost is super small. All you're paying for is hosting at that point. And by the way, a lot of people start blogs with no idea 
to even monetize. They're thinking, hey, if I can make like enough to pay for hosting, I'm happy that people are reading my content and that I could put a couple ads in. Oh, if someone sends me a couple free products, that'll be fantastic. And they're doing it for free. You know, like if you figure out and if you're approaching it with some monetization in mind, like you'll probably do okay, especially if you're just looking for a side hustle. So this is one person I want to point out in the chat and I I wanted to come back to it to give it a fair amount of time. So stress manage, which I, I think I've seen stress manage on the chat before. It says, Doug, please stop. No more Amazon affiliate website talking. And you know, I, I kind of defer back like, okay, like I'm, I'm not saying you have to do it. It happens to be what I'm doing and what a lot of other people are doing. So that's what I'm talking about. But if you want to do something else, that's great. Do drop shipping, do uh, like Amazon FBA, which I would say that's also very dangerous. There's a lot of stuff you don't control. In fact, Amazon was, uh, they were not busted, but there were some news stories about how they're using the data from their third-party sellers to develop their own products, which they testified that they were not doing that. So even if you're like doing your own products and selling physical products, if you're going through Amazon, there's a lot of stuff that you don't control. So yeah, any, I think every, every business has risk. Like every, every business has some type of, of risk and you just have to have your own risk management. And I think with the affiliate marketing, one way to, to manage risk is to diversify and for all of us Amazon affiliates that we're only using Amazon, this is just a wake up call to, to diversify. If, if you really look at it, it's really a, a good thing because now you know, hey, you know, nothing's for, for certain and you know, I need to have some backup plans. And as you preach, if your website has traffic, your website can make money. So at the end of the day, get traffic and you'll figure out a way to monetize it. And it, I mean, it had been so easy for a while that, I mean, I literally put together sites and haven't touched them in so long and they're just trucking along. So, I mean, I was definitely complacent. I was complacent with my, with my courses and other stuff. Cause I've, you know, I think I can't remember if we talked about it like off, off the record, Justin, but you know, I have other, other things that I'm doing that I probably can do courses on, but I've just been not doing it. Cause I, well, I've been busy. Yeah. I've been doing other stuff, but now I'm like, okay, I need to branch out and do those courses that I've been thinking about. So formulaic asks, um, it sounds kind of silly, but is posting the best thing you can do? Yeah. Yeah. It's the best thing you can do. I mean, you can't get traffic without posts. Right. And I mean, if let's say you pick the wrong keyword and you're not getting any traffic from that one post, well, you know, there's thousands of keywords. You're going to pick the right keyword eventually. So, I mean, that's really the way we make money. I mean, there's only one other way, and that's to link build. But, I mean, some people, you know, they have thousands of links on one page, and you're not going to beat that page. So, I mean, yeah. Yep. You got to you gotta pick something. And, yeah, I have seen sites where they have not much content, but they put all their time in link building. So, it still has to be high-quality content, but the... I think it's slightly more risky to do that because if you lose the rankings on say one page is bringing in 50% of your traffic, if you lose the rankings on that, just from like position number one to position two, you're losing most of your traffic. Like that's a major issue. But if you have it spread and you have more, more content, you're insulated just a bit. And that's an arguable point, but just in general, you end up having a little bit more of a buffer there. Yep. Mary uh, wants confirmation. Do you get more sales from comparison tables? 100%. Yep. All right. How do you manage backlinks? Um, so if you're asking what I think you're asking, I mean, I, I don't really manage them per se. I mean, I check my backlinks on Ahrefs, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't manage them. And, you know, with this outreach, the way that it works is you can't really choose what your anchor text is going to be you know you kind of just the the whosoever owns the website's gonna pick whatever anchor text they want to give you so you know you just kind of roll with it all right use a spreadsheet you could do that <laughs> slow fishing says do you use plugins for comparison tables or do you create them 
Uh, I have AAWP, and that does my comparison table. Okay. Very cool. Hope this works, says, is there a program that you use that can keep checks and balance on Amazon reporting ordered versus shipped? The answer is no on that, I think. Do you have any insight, Justin? Uh, so on the ordered versus shipped, kind of, yeah. They're, if you go on their uh, their dashboard, you can see how many products have been ordered versus how many products have been shipped. This so, person I mean, wants know. to know how to check if that's right. Oh, how to check if it's right. Oh, no. I mean, you, yeah. you'll never know. Yeah. So, and plus with returns, they don't tell you like what's been returned. So yeah, that's pretty impossible. You could look in your reports, but you only know what they tell you in a CSV and then you have to sort through it. So, oh, and Duke says, um, he started for free nine years ago. It can be done. That's right. All right. And, uh, Walter is having some success. He's made a hundred bucks in April. Cool. John says, how do you avoid duplicate content if you have numerous posts? I have a list of 100 keywords and you're trying to avoid this. So do you want to take this, Justin, or do you want me to? Uh... Uh, I mean, I can talk about it. I mean, I, I have a lot of best X for Ys. Actually, pretty much all of mine are, are roundup posts. But um, I mean, there's no real var- or there's, there's variation in them because they're all, they're all different. Um, so yeah, and I find myself writing about the same products as well. But I don't ever take an SEO hit from that. Um, you know, I, I change up what I talk about in them in the products and the features, so they're different. But uh, I don't find any negative SEO. But I don't know if yeah. you have something different. So John, just keep a list and then check it. You can do some V lookups and some other stuff to double check, and then later, because basically you have a lot of keywords and you want to make sure you're not duplicating the same keywords. Because I've done that before particularly where I've like hired a service to do keyword research and I didn't double check. So yeah, use VLOOKUPs, learn how to use Excel or sheets. I use sheets, but it's the same thing. And then later on you can check cause there's keyword cannibalization that can occur, which even if the keywords are different and distinctly different, sometimes you can have that issue. So you can check on a tool like Hrefs just to double check. There's, I think they have a Google sheet which allows you to pull a report and see if you have keyword cannibalization so that you can take action on it. All right. And someone's asking about the specific table that you use with an AAWP, I think. Is there a name or just AAWP and use no, the table? The, yeah, it's just the plugin, AAWP. Okay. All right. And someone's asking about if they should use hrefs or spamzilla for seo analysis i don't know i use hrefs yeah i've never used spamzilla i use hrefs too all right and a lot of few people are congratulating you kent and uh dami and so good job appreciate it yeah (laughs) any other you got any big projects uh for the year like what's your goal say by the end of the year for the site or other endeavors that you're working on uh I think my goal is just to continue producing content. I definitely see a uh, no end in sight for that. Like I barely scratched the surface with 33 posts. So uh, the goal is to to continue to continue forward. Uh, I've been messing around thinking about starting a new site. So I don't know if I ever decide to not get lazy and start a new one. Then uh, that that might happen too. But uh, yeah, I, I hope to get to two thousand dollars and then hopefully three thousand. Um, I'm going to mess around with some other affiliate networks. So that should be fun. Learn the ropes with that. Um, and then is just learning how to optimize my site with ads. So it's basically what I got for the future. Very cool. And I think, um, it could be interesting if you, cause it, it's sort of a product area that is rich for, you know, working with companies directly. In, in their affiliate programs. And it could be interesting to start approaching content that is directly targeting those keywords that only can come outside of Amazon. I think, you know, in that way, you don't have to split the difference. Like, you know, they're potentially the only place that you can get the product. So are, are you aware of any, you know, such deals or am I just um, looking for something that's not there? 
uh, I haven't, I haven't found anything yet. I was looking for like direct manufacturer affiliate programs and, uh, they don't have any that I've seen, but I'm not opposed to, you know, emailing them and seeing, you know, I've, I've heard plenty of people saying, just go direct to the direct to the manufacturer, which is a, which is a good deal because, you know, I can then negotiate for a, a higher payout or, you know, if I, if I really start selling their products, then hopefully I can be like, look, I want, you know, 25% and 25% will go a long way, especially when, you know, some of the products are a thousand dollars. So. Yep. And I was going to say, you know, one, one thing, some of this stuff is going to be in the additions to the course. So some of it is not a hundred percent tested by me, but I know that like, if you go down the route, kind of like what you're mentioning, it can work out. But the, the fact is people want, you know, they want the traffic, especially if it's a company trying to get started. And if you just Google around and you find some of the people like on the bottom of page one or page two, and you can start sending them traffic, which is verifiable. You can show them the value. Like even if they're not willing to play ball, if you're like, Hey, I'm sending you traffic and I could turn it on and off just like this, which, which if you have enough traffic and you know, you start putting together an email list, which have you started doing that? You're you're starting to get to a point where, okay. Yeah. No, I haven't, I haven't had an email list yet. Um, that, that, that's a rope I would have to learn. So, yeah, it's, it's fun, but yeah, that's a whole other, you know, skill set to deal with. So glad, uh, we were dealing with the tech issues earlier, which mostly worked out, but like, just imagine like having to interface with like different plugins and stuff. It yeah. can get messy. So, okay. Last couple questions here. And I know you got to get going here. Um, where did it go? Uh, Walid says, do you think we should work on multiple sites or just stick with one site? Uh, I think you should stick on one site at first. Uh, get that built up to the point where, uh, for for me personally, I'm at a point where I can you know hire people out to where I don't have to do as much work. So I have time to actually set up another site. So I think that would be the, the best way to go about it. Put your all into one thing, make that one thing work. And then after it's on autopilot, then you can move on to the next thing because I've heard from other people that, you know, having multiple sites and trying to work on multiple sites at one time is uh, really time consuming and you can get overwhelmed pretty quick. Yep. And you've heard me say it a lot of times, Justin, but I'll just say it for the benefit of Walid and some other folks. If you, let's say you have an unlimited budget, all right, let's say you have an unlimited budget, $100,000 per month, spend it on whatever you want. And you're thinking, hey, I'm going to start 10 sites. I'm going to put a lot of resources on it. But you're just starting out and you you don't know exactly what to do. The problem is you potentially will make a mistake. Guaranteed, 100%, you will make a mistake somewhere along the way. And if you do it 10 times, then you just made the same mistake 10 times that you'll have to fix. So even with an unlimited budget, it's not fun to go fix mistakes where you're like, oh, I shouldn't have done that 10 times. If you make one mistake, if you make like, say, five or six mistakes, which is totally likely, you then have to go fix like 50 different spots. And let's say you put a link in incorrectly or someone that you hired put a link in incorrectly all those different times all over the sites and then you just end up with a big mess. So figure out how to do one thing, execute it, be successful, and then you could like replicate it probably doing it a little better the next time. If you just do them all at the same time, you're just like amplifying your mistakes. It's a really stupid approach. So, okay. Let's see if we have any more questions. Any, any parting words, Justin out there? Uh, no, I'm just happy to be here. I want to thank you for uh, having me. Thanks for everybody that came out to watch and ask their questions. Hopefully I answered as many questions and help, you know, as many of you guys as possible. And, uh, Good luck on everybody's endeavors that they're working on. Right on. Thank you, Justin. It's uh, always a pleasure to chat with you and uh, your success is awesome. I know, you know, we had some calls and you sent me some, some emails. I didn't check, you know, if, if it's okay, if I mentioned this, but you were like, Hey man, like, uh, do you remember you're sending me this email? Do you know what I'm, mm-hmm. you're like, Hey, yeah, I'm, I'm, is it okay if I mention it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You're like, Hey, I'm disappointed. I, I didn't follow through, but like, I'm, I'm going to start new. I'm going to do it again. I'm going to do it right. And I'm going to finish what I said I'm going to start. And that was about a year ago and some change, yeah. right? 
Yeah. And I was like, all right, man, do it. And I, like I said before, I'm no, I'm no cheerleader, but I was like, you, if you have questions, ask, but I'm not going to like make you do work or whatever. And uh, yeah, you started it from scratch. You did all this shit. You're not even into the niche. This was just an exercise of like showing up, doing the work. You only have 33 posts and you're pulling in good money. So I think the live stream worked out pretty well. I'm getting better with the technology and having a producer would definitely help. I'm trying to do an interview, chat with Justin, watch the chat, and then change the camera angles and play clips and stuff. It's a little bit much as I'm getting used to it, but I cut it off a little abruptly at the at the end of this clip that I played, you know, an hour long clip, because basically for some reason, I'm not sure what, my audio levels went down super low. So when I came back on, I, I sort of like trailed off. So I cut off the last couple of minutes of this, you know, sign off basically, but it, it ended up being okay. And as I mentioned before, do let me know if you like these kind of episodes in the future, they will be a little bit cleaner. I will have an editor sort of take out some of the the filler areas and some of the areas where we're just trying to figure out the technology. Like I mentioned before, I think the cool part is I do answer some live questions and Justin in this case answered some live questions as well, which is a cool, a cool way to do it. And if you want to get in on that kind of stuff, I do YouTube live streams almost every single week. I can't remember how many I have going in a row, but Every now and then I'll take a hiatus or if I'm out of town or on vacation or something, I won't do it. But typically every Friday, Friday afternoons, I'm doing a live stream and I've been doing a few more with guests here very recently. Quick, uh, just side note, I was getting a little bogged down with some of the editing. It doesn't take me long to you know go through these episodes and edit them, but it does take a little time. And when I'm trying to batch work and get a little bit ahead, I was just like, man, I need to focus on some other things, some other content that I'm working on, some new things to come, which I'll announce when the time is right. Basically, I have a video editor who, in many ways, does audio editing. So she cuts out some of the filler words and speeds up some of the interviews that I do on the YouTube side. She's the normal editor that does all my videos. She's been working with me for a couple of years, Anastasia, and she's she's great. She's really good. And I was just about to hire a podcast editor to help me clean up a couple things. I don't need help with a ton, but there's a few things that would kind of just take it off my plate. So I was thinking maybe Anastasia can do that because, well, she's basically doing it anyway, except she's doing it with video. So sure enough, she was able to help. She did a great job. I need to check how much time it actually takes her so I know how much how much it's costing me to edit each episode but gosh it's a it's a very nice way for me to speed up the process and get these episodes done and I mean frankly I don't like editing the episodes to take out filler words that's super boring I don't want to listen to myself talk twice and it's more it's actually more important for the interviews not always, but most of the time I've cleaned up my speaking. There's not as many screw ups when I'm talking, but sometimes when you ask a question, the guest may need to think about it for a second. I have done a few interviews where the person doesn't speak that often. And unfortunately they have a ton of filler words and gosh, this sure do sound better when you pull it out. And I was on a podcast recently and they really emphasize like, how heavily edited their podcast is. And in fact, the hosts were stepping all over themselves, falling all over themselves, screwing up intros. They would restate things. So they have some editor who is fixing everything up because their podcast is tight. Because I, I listen to their show. I won't mention what it is, but I listen to their show and it sounds amazing. It sounds like they're speaking perfectly the whole time. But really, they're doing multiple takes and the editor is fixing it up. So anyway, the whole point is I should be able to improve some of the production value here by adding the editor 
cleaning up some of the speaking. And I mean, she cleans up my stuff too, because I screw up all the time. But anyway, just wanted to let you know about that. Because typically, I've said it in the past, I like doing these episodes. I like doing the little editing, but there's some other some other shit I got to get into. So I need to uh, focus on that. Anyway, there will be another episode coming out tomorrow, episode 140. And that'll be with Adrian, Adrian Diaz longtime friend of the show. So keep an eye out for that one and we'll catch you on episode 140.